Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys. It's go time. Coming in with a new episode, Six Pack Discussions. Me and Jared are sitting here. It's a rain day. It's uh, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Episode two of two today. Two of two today. We uh, just finished up talking about banning of books. Oh, so I didn't know if you were talking about off-air conversation. Nah, nah. <laughs> that could have got, yeah, a little crazy. No, but banning of books. Unfortunately, you guys see these conversations end at the hour. They do not. Our wives bitch about it all the time. We literally... They won't. honestly don't understand how we can talk so much. We're like, why not go down this deep down hole right now? I, I, I just had to actually stop. Like, I was like, uh, stop, Jared. We got we to gotta start. Because I was about to go down a deep, dark rabbit hole. Of, In front uh, of me, too. It was awkward. Yeah, of what S&M stands for in BDSM, and uh, it got dark quick. So, we're starting off right On now. a lighter note, yeah, we, we are drinking drink Four Peaks, <laughs> Lotus Hopped, Super Juicy IPA, the Arizona... Dude, how many different names does this thing have? Explore AZ, Arizona Staycation IPA Series, Lotus Hop, just Super Juicy IPA. Like, what am I drinking? From Four Peaks. Okay. And then what? Well, <laughs> we're drinking it today. We're going to yeah. give you guys a rating here in a little bit. Um, picked this thing up, what, two or three days ago. Uh Honestly, the uh, packaging was cool. Never seen this beer. I think it's a newer beer from Four Peaks. So we'll yeah, talk about it a little bit. It's their Staycation IPA series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today, dude, um, second episode, we went from banning of books, and now we're going to talk about <sighs> concealed, concealed carry. carry. Yeah, concealed carry. Um, what are the pros? What are the cons? What does the data state? Um, and just so you guys know, concealed carry, meaning like a firearm. So being able to carry a firearm concealed on your person. Um, the opposite of concealed carry would obviously be open carry. Open carry. Exactly. Um, so maybe some quick definitions here. Open carry means that you carry a firearm. I'm sure you guys, you know, everybody listening, you may, especially if you're in the United States, uh, if you're not, maybe not so much, but if you're in the United States, you've seen somebody maybe have a, uh, a gun on their hip, uh, similar to like maybe a police officer. In the United States, this is very um, very common, meaning from a right standpoint, where you can carry a, a gun just on your hip without any type of uh, license in some cases, and sometimes you do require a license. Concealed carry, though, is something that has gotten a lot more notoriety, a lot more conversation in the yeah. last 10 years. Uh, and really what that means is, is that right here, me and Jared, you know, wearing sweaters, we could be concealedly carrying right now. Legal. Legal. And nobody would have to know that we're carrying a firearm. And, and did you see like kind of the jumps in, in population that this has increased over the years? Pretty as, large. As of 2020, about 20 million people take advantage of concealed carry. A lot. A lot. 20 uh, million people. Yeah, 20 million people, which. That's no, a lot. It's significant. Um, what do we got here? It says about 26% of gun owners uh, are public carriers. So a quarter of people that own guns carry their guns um, at least sometime, they say. So I know you're a big gun guy. 
Do you ever carry in public? I do. Really? Yeah. Do you conceal carry? Mm-hmm. How often? Like I, at work, at dropping I, off your kids. Like, what would provoke you to do that? So we live in a very privileged area. Agreed. I would say, right? Like, this is not a crime ridiculed really, area. No. Yeah. Like, you don't have to worry about that really. So I would say I have a firearm near me probably 80% of the time. Really? Mm -hmm. And then it'll be on my person maybe 20% of the time. Hmm. Right? I didn't know that much. Yeah. So it's pretty high. Um, And what I, I used to not be like that. And it's not like I'm changed what I think the threat is, but I changed my perspective on if you're going to own a gun and own it responsibly and be able to use it properly, the first thing you needed it to be is what? Proficient in it. No. Near you. I said own it responsibly. If you're going to own a gun, own it responsibly, meaning you're proficient, the first thing you're probably going to need. I guess I didn't understand what you Yeah. You're going to need it to be near you. Right? I think this is something that I think a lot of gun owners don't even think about is, yeah, it's, it's very nice to own a gun and to be able to be able to get it. But if you're 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour away when you actually need it. You don't have it then. Exactly. And so that's something that I kind of changed probably about three or four, maybe even five years ago. I changed my entire perspective on owning guns. So you know what? Maybe I should actually have it within minutes reach. Minutes. If not instant. And so um, there's a couple of points where I say, yeah, 100% it's going to be on me um, or or it's not. And it's rare. And this is something me and my wife have talked about a couple of times. You know, it would be a little personal. She used to have a job in Phoenix, right? Downtown Phoenix area, rough neighborhood, like, you know, gangy um, area. And uh, we were kind of dating, you know, we were dating. And I said, hey, Wow. She tells about these times that she started going to school. So she was there for like, not till nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, man, you're kind of in a bad area. And she told me a couple stories about the police officers arresting people on campus for like, you know, assault and, and uh, things. And I was like, maybe you should start carrying a firearm. And uh, I think she actually tried to change my perspective about it. Cause she started telling me a lot of stories about, people that she worked with because she worked with cops for a while and a lot of the interactions with you know law-abiding people like people are just coming home from work walking to their car going to their parking lot are just what do they call it crimes of passion no 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 not passion the opposite um crimes of um just opportunity crimes of opportunity Oh, I see this person walking in a you know, non-crowded parking lot all by themselves, especially a, a female. Take advantage of them. Take their wallet, take their phone, take their car. And I was like, okay, maybe you can do this. And, and you know, it, it's something that you have to kind of think through and you have to train for. You have to kind of uh, go through a little bit of training. So, you know, just a personal antidote for us. Um you know, we, we're kind of for concealed carry, at least at this point. Um, but I, I definitely, there should be some restrictions. I'm not saying it's like, you know, 
end all be all by mm. any means. Yeah. So there's some personal anecdotes for me. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I can appreciate it. I wouldn't say right now, you know, before we get into the actual debate and conversation and statistics and facts, et cetera. I'm right now, before we get into this, I'm indifferent on concealed carry. I would say I don't, I don't really have an opinion. Yeah. Pro con. I'm just kind of like, ah, cool. Yeah. I would say like, if we were like, let's say we, we rank our beers. No, let's do zero to 10, right? Cause easier here. Zero to 10. If five was indifferent, neutral, I would say I'm probably around seven. And it sounds like you're like five. Uh, 10 being pro concealed carry. Yeah. I'm probably 5.5 then. Okay. So just slightly. Yeah. Sure. Like I don't want it taken away. I yeah. don't just kind of there. Like, yeah. No, like hell I'm around you often, probably what two weekends a month minimum. Yeah. Never knew. Yeah. And, and it's not going to change going forward. I don't care. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is sitting right here. I don't have a gun on me. There's not any gun in this room, but guess what? We're in a pretty safe environment. We're incredibly fortunate right now. Right? Not only are we in a house, which some people in the world aren't in homes like this. We're also in a community, which is probably pretty safe. We have a locked door. That's pretty safe. And I, dude, I come from a place where I don't even lock, like, I don't know if I've ever told you, I think I've told you this. Compared to my wife, I don't like to lock things. So it's weird to think about, like, I I drove my truck earlier this morning. It's probably not locked right now. Like, it's not like I'm overly cautious. Um, my wife has made me more overly cautious. And then since we've had children, I've become more overly cautious. So it's one of those things that's like, maybe it compounds. And maybe for a lot of American kind of compounds, like, oh, man, now I have somebody to protect my wife. Yeah. My children, my house, my my items. Um I've never been like I go to the like I the other day I went to, I took someone to the gas station like oh let's go grab some uh, drinks and some snacks at the gas station in the middle of the day I was like I'll go let's go I drove I left my truck running in the gas in in the parking lot I do that every day I get out of my car leave it running unlocked walk into the gas station grab snacks grab a drink whatever it is anytime I go to the gas station this is what I do. My wife thinks that's the craziest thing in the world. The person I was with thought that was the craziest thing in the world. I was like, oh, this is what my dad did growing up. <laughs> so it's not like I'm like, I'm like thinking the world's out to get me. Right? To put it in perspective mm-hmm. for everybody. Like, I don't think I am somebody that's gotten robbed multiple times. I've had cars stolen from me. You know about this? No. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. When? Yeah. So uh remember that Mazda Miata I had? Yeah. There? That little black one? Yeah. That thing was stolen from me. I got it back. I never knew this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I had that thing. I bought it. <laughs> Fantastic deal. I never knew this story. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Um, I had to get it painted from a paint shop in, in Chandler. And I go to pick it up, and it's not in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, where is that at? They're like, oh, here's, here's your keys. And I'm like, no, no, it's not there. They're like, oh, it's gone. I'm like, <laughs> call the police. I go personally go driving around all the neighborhoods in the area looking for it, thinking that it's just sitting, you know, in a front lawn of somebody. Right? It can't be that far away. 
Never, I didn't see it. I drove around for like two hours. I get a, a call 20 days later. I, I, I put a, a police report, insurance, all the shit. 20 days later, I'm thinking that I'm, because insurance won't pay you out for about 30 days. I get a call 20 days later. Hey, we just found uh, this abandoned Mazda Miata. We believe it to be yours in uh, downtown Phoenix. It's all ripped to shreds. I was like, oh, fuck. It's at the impound. Go pick it up. I had to pay to get my car back. You're lying. 200 bucks. Oh. <laughs> I'm a college student. $200. That's that was a lot, a lot of, money. of money back then. Oh, yeah. 200 bucks to get my car back. That was stolen from yeah. you. Because it was impounded. So I get back. The That's top's ripped great. out. The stereo's ripped out. My favorite pair of boots are stolen out of the oh, back. Yeah. So... I've gotten, I've, I've put an insurance. I, I had my Jeep. I had a bag of tools in it. Probably $700 worth of tools stolen out of the back of it. So it's not like I am a person of absurd caution. I like to make sure that's known because sometimes you, when you say, oh, oh, I, I conceal carry or I'm, I'm carrying a firearm at all times. Sometimes that comes off as, oh, I'm worried the world's out to get me or I'm worried someone's Ooh. always going to hurt me. I am not of that i am like hey i think there is majority of good and there is like 0.1 percent evil so in reference to the specific subject i.e concealed carry yeah and and predominantly what we're talking about is individuals that are legally right you know this isn't like they're breaking the law that's not what we're debating here as it pertains to specifically concealed carry do you think firearms in nature unnecessarily, at times, unnecessarily escalate situations by having a firearm? You know, I know you you originally said within minutes reach, but I'm talking about immediate reach. Mm-hmm. Would you say they escalate unnecessarily? Almost, I want to. I want to almost pull back to having armed cops in high schools. Yeah. Does it? Unnecessarily escalate situations, in your opinion? <clears throat> Assuming you didn't do any facts on this? You know, I don't know. Like I, 11% or anything like that? <laughs> I, I don't know if it escalates. <clears throat> I could almost make an argument for it de-escalating. Can you? Yeah. Well, the data shows that individuals that conceal carry more are 11% more likely to be involved in a homicide. That's I'm exact opposite. It's so odd. No shit. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I, I just read that an hour ago. No, no I got it. Um, That's I, interesting. I have that concealed carry owners are five times less likely to be involved in violent uh, interactions. That's really strange to have data points that literally contradict each other. I don't know if actually that's strange on this con- on this conversation because because of the political nature of it. I could not find any good research papers on this on this um, topic. I don't know if you noticed this, but there seemed to be yeah. a lot of uh, research that has essentially been refuted or or refuted. Re- refuted. And then also essentially saying, that's completely wrong. This is a new idea. And then a year later, somebody else would come out. And it just kept on going back and forth. 
And I was reading through it. I'm like, guys, this is this is horrible. So the best report that I found was actually by Rand.org, which I've used a couple of times in the past. They did a metadata analysis of, I think, 120 papers that had been published. And they essentially threw out 100 or 110 of them. And they found, that I think it was 23 reports, actually had um, proper data analysis. Proper so, sample sizes, proper bingo. hypotheses. Yeah. So they said, hey, let's review all the data. Look for any type of uh, data. Faults, inconsistencies, etc. Bingo, inconsistencies. Let's just, let's just <clears throat> discount that. So they found 23 reports out of all. Everything that's been reported in the last, I think it's like 30 or 40 years they went through on all concealed carry stuff. Wow. And the word slightly is used in every single one of the 23 reports. Slightly increase, slightly decrease, neutral. So hmm. what I found is that it's it feels like it's inconclusive. Okay. I don't know if you saw anything on there. What do you think? So 11% so, is significant in what you were stating. <clears throat> So here's what's interesting. So not many people know this. It's not like it's classified, but it's probably not advertised. But it's probably not widely known that on a military installation, I would say upwards of 95 plus percent Can't buy our are not armed. Yeah, can't carry. Um, actually, depending on you know the branch, just being Air Force, I will call it security forces. That's our MPs, mm-hmm. military police, security forces, are the only people that are armed on Air Force bases here in the continental US. It's funny because they probably think it's 100%. Most the, the, the commoner people. would naturally, oh yeah, military, they all got guns. That's not even close to the case. I would say probably 95% of people on a military installation aren't armed. Yeah. And the reason for that is, God forbid, let's say an active shooter situation does arise or whatever the case may be. Part of their rationale is whoever has a gun that's not security forces, you fucking kill that guy. Whoever has a gun that's not security forces, that's the active shooter, you kill that guy. Oh. That's kind of the, the simpleton logic there. So so for the MPs that are on base, mm-hmm. if anybody that's not an MP, you kill them. In an active shooter situation, yes. That is a fire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, by now process it, of elimination. Now, it's different with people that live on base and things like that, but, hmm. but it's very, very simple, simple, simple terms. That's kind of their logic. And also just for necessity, right? It's kind of like information. Who needs the information? Only people that require it for their job. Who, Who needs, needs a gun? A firearm. Only people that require for their job. So if you're no different, if you're within, it's the, essentially a tool. They're using a firearm as a tool, information, hardware, etc., a tool. So within the confines of that fence, if you're within there, you are sanctioned yep. to be I, on there. I'll put it this way: outside of getting certified for, you know, being you know proficient in the use of the weapon, never carried a gun on on a base, and I was in the Air Force for ten years. So you carried a firearm, or not even carried, you used a firearm for probably three days within 10 years. Combined. Yeah. To get certified proficient, and that was it. Yeah. In 10 years. 10 years, considered proficient. But the commoner, 
prior to me joining, there was a military base. Everyone has a fucking gun. Oh yeah. Hell, they all probably have access to like the keys to the tank or in the in the office oh, yeah. there. So I remember funny, funny, stupid story. You know, I think you you alluded to a stupid story that you had last time. Let me give you one last time. Oh good, I could use that. I know. Oh, my neighbor here is calling me. Oh, that's weird. That is weird because it could be a problem. What's he doing out there? Anything? Quick little break here, guys. Is he... Is he... Do I have a kid out there running around or what? Oh, he's coming over. Oh, man. Oh, he needs a tool. We're going to take a break, guys. My neighbor's coming over. He needs some help. I just want to make sure you had clean water. That is so fucking emasculating. You have no idea. I'm literally going to squat to pee for the next two days as a fucking punishment. <laughs> for everybody listening, because I'm going to keep this in here. <laughs> Jared, uh, Jared had texted me yesterday. Maybe he called me. I don't remember. I called you. Yeah, he's like, hey. Uh, and I actually asked for discretion. This that is, wasn't granted. This is a discretion. He needed assistance with turning like a, a pickle jar and he couldn't get the lid off. Um, now, again, he's what, six foot two, 225 pounds of apparently non pickle jar turning. Man, I went over there, I brought additional tools <clears throat> just to make sure that I was prepared. Jared, did I need any of those tools? You needed the tool that I provided, yes. My own hands. The and a quite tool literally that I provided. Quite literally. You can honestly listen. I'm sorry, you can actually talk to our listeners saying that you do not use a tool. It was a tool that was a part no, 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 a tool that who provided? Jared provided a tool Thank that you. he has been using. It wasn't like it was like in addition to. Um <laughs> I used it and with I would say within 20 seconds i i was actually amazed i was like this can't be he was joking this isn't the right item there's no way it didn't feel like it was tight enough so guys it wasn't a pickle jar it was a (laughs) water filtration system that i have changed many times that yes admittedly so i was (laughs) unable for the last month wow to open okay well Back to our conversation. <laughs> I love it. All right. So concealed carry. So I do know that this is unnecessarily politically charged, right? This conversation is clearly Republicans think one thing, Democrats think other. It's a gun issue. It, it is. It is. So it's not necessarily the right to bear arms. It is all encompassing, right? Yeah. So I guess where I'm at is... I almost want to do a little root cause analysis. So here's where I'm at. If you are properly trained and mentally stable enough to own, operate, store, etc., a firearm responsibly, then why would the general public be concerned at all? So I don't know if concealed carry is the proper argument here. I, I don't think we're doing a proper root cause analysis on the politically dividing area, uh, the politically dividing area, the politi- 
politically divided problem. Well, I think it still carries like like the recent catalyst of the conversation. Like, I think it's just like another battleground to say, okay, we get it. You're going to buy guns. Right now, in the current climate, the purchase of the firearm seems to not be reduced. But the last thing we want you to do is to take it out into public. They think that firearms are only to be used in the house. So concealed carry is like, hey, you're now taking your dangerous item that you purchased and you're you're putting it out into public. So that that's why I think it's different conversation than the normal gun conversation because it it takes it and says, okay, in general, I believe the public believes when you buy a gun, you use it for home protection yep. or for fun at a firing range or maybe out in the woods. They never want to think of self-defense, I guess. Well, self-defense in the home. I don't think most individuals say, oh, you're going to use it in the mall. You're going to use it in the college campus. You're going to use it in the grocery store. You're going to use it on church on Sunday. Unfortunately, wherever. Exactly. Read the news. Exactly. And so when law gun laws are talked about, they're like, hey, it, it's purchasing a firearm. Purchasing a firearm means that you're going to use it at your house or for fun out in the woods or at the gun range. I think the concealed carry kind of opens it up to say, ooh, you could be using it anywhere in public. And that's where I think this conversation is really kind of, I'm, I'm thinking where it goes, is like, hey, should guns be out in public use for protection, right? And just honestly, for women and minorities, I would say for confidence, right? I think there's a lot of women and a lot of minorities out there that look at guns and say, hey, this is for confidence of me against a potential rapist, a, per, uh, a potential uh, assault. And honestly, in some cases, potential protection from an officer or a police officer might be racist, right? If I was a minority, I would never, ever want to get rid of gun rights, right? The, the, the reason that gun bans exist probably are on the forefront of like, hey, um, certain people can't have guns. Certain people, right? It, and you, if you think of that word, certain people. I know. I, Negative starts, connotation. Exactly. I we start, have an ugly black eye in our history. Exactly. I start thinking of why certain people can't have guns. I'm like, no, everybody should have the same level of getting privileges. And so that's where I'm kind of like, ah, oh, that's where I draw a little bit of a line because that certain people can expand to everybody that I don't like. Hmm. Dude, second beer right now, right? What do we got? We're, we're starting our second beer. Give us, <coughs> All right, guys. Us? So as I poorly introduced, I'm sure, I actually don't know. All, all joking aside, I don't know what the name of this is. I see Explore AZ. I see Arizona Staycation IPA Series. I see Lotus Hop Super Juicy IPA. And I see Four Peaks Brewing Company. I know for a fact it's Four Peaks Brewing Company. But other than that, I don't know what you call this. I think this is called the Super Juicy IPA. I think, I'm guessing um, Four Peaks must be running like a uh, Arizona special. You know what's funny? So we are like lauding the previous artist from New Belgium. 
So this is the Staycation IPA series. All you see is palm trees, ocean, and mountains. Basic. Um, it's funny you said ocean. That's not an ocean. There's no way. That is a lake. But that just shows Tell you. me what lake is surrounded by palm trees in Arizona. It's like Avasu or... Really? Yeah, or, or Powell. But I'm just saying, like, right there, that tells you that that artist is not that good. Dude, what's going on over there? Why do you keep on spilling? Like, are you spilling on yourself? I don't want to talk about it. You have, like... You, you have a black rag at, like, the hand, like, ready to go just in case you spill. This is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so, to Jared's point... um. Or Four Peaks, you guys are owned by what? Freaking Bud Light now? Or Budweiser? One of them, yeah. One of the big boys. Get a better artist. New Belgium's doing this? And, and you, you got guys the budget. can? Like, come on, would you Would you say the layman would not associate that without an ocean? With the palm trees? That, that looks very tropical. The reason I'm dig, making a dig on you because it's Arizona. There's no ocean in Arizona. No shit. Yeah, so Arizona staycation means that you're in Arizona. Staycation. I'm aware. And I'm looking at the picture. We just talked about this for the last fucking hour in the last episode. A I know, picture. I know, but I see a road, <laughs> or I see a, uh, an island on the other side here, and I'm thinking, okay, it's not an ocean. It's not too far mm. from the other side. Mm. Yeah. It's weak. Okay, the boat's not that big. It's weak. There's a river kind of going to it. Palm trees. The palm trees are funny. They, the palm trees alter your mind, I guess. But again, that's how it works. Palm trees are not native to Arizona. No, not at all. They're not even native to California. But the the, the typical person would associate palm trees with the tropical. I would agree. Caribbean. So. Caribbean, that would be an ocean. Bullshit. Bullshit artist. What do we got here? What What's the alcohol per volume? 7.1. 7.1. For the second episode, I'm not happy about it. Brewed in Tempe, Arizona. I was just actually at the brewery that they brew this at. Uh, Four Peaks down in it. Were you really? Yeah. When? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I went down I, did, to I didn't get the invite. That's weird. Yeah. Two weeks ago, <laughs> I was down there, and uh, they were brewing literally the Lotus Hop Super Juicy IPA uh, while we were there. Didn't try it. What do you think, flavor-wise? We just had the uh, Ranger, Voodoo Ranger. The uh, Hop hop Raider. Hop Raider. This is a unique taste. It, it is. It's, it's not as good. Oh. It's not as good to me. It's flowery. I, what do you think? Do you think it tastes flowery to you? Like, does it taste kind of like yeah, you're eating a little garnish? I'm going to go a little bit more traditional, a little bit more average. I'm going to go three, six. I think this is fine. I think oh. it's tasty, but this isn't, this isn't the hop raider. Yeah, this is a two, two for me. Holy shit. I don't like it. I might've been talking it all up, but I don't like it. Two, 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 two. No guys, he's wrong. He's wrong in this. <laughs> it's not that bad. It, it is an average IPA. It is not too too. It's, it is, um, it tastes like I'm like uh, chewing on dandelions. 
Yeah. Guys, don't let this uh, slot opinion. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow, we haven't... You know what's funny? And, and gosh, we could never... It would literally take actual days at this point. That's how many episodes we've done. Probably what? This close of uh, probably 70? Oh, yeah. To go back and listen to all our podcasts. I feel like you and I were heavy on the threes. We're light on the ones and we're light on the fours. I would argue less than five of our beers have been in the twos. That's probably true. I don't think I've ever given a two. I've only given like ones, threes, and fours. Ones, threes, and fours. Yeah, no, this is a two-two for me. Ah, I'm I'm chewing it. I'm chewing it when I, when I drink it. No, I can't remember. I know I drink beers. Excuse me. I know I drink beers faster when I don't like them. How are you? I barely, dude, I can't drink. Like, the second one, I'm like, I just took a sip. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Maybe, you know what? Maybe I should go down even lower. Like, that's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm like, man, how am I going to drink this next beer? Like, it has a taste what, on my tongue. And it's what like, is that one that we actually did? This is before we started uh, Yeti. videoing. Brown that Yeti. Porter Yeti. Oh. We guys, we literally changed. Could not do it in the middle of the podcast because I was. We paused. I was like, "Bro, I have two more beers. Could not do in it. my fridge. We can figure it out. Could not do it. That was horrible. Oh. All right, back so, to concealed carry, man. Yeah. You know, I'm always, I'm always so frustrated, so frustrated, and I know we've talked about this. I, I know we've even talked about it on the air with guns and firearms, etc. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right? Guns are just the vehicle that they sometimes use. That could be vehicles. That could be knives. That could be whatever the hell some person wants to use. Yeah. So again, that's why I think this is a misargument, a mis- Hell, just a miss in, in society as far as what we're arguing about. I don't think concealed carry is the issue. I think, do you think the person that is either potentially or not hiding a weapon, if you have a problem with that? You, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand what the root cause of the argument is. Because I feel like this is a gun issue. And I feel like if you have a problem with that person carrying a gun then you have a problem with the person, not the gun. Because a properly trained, equipped, right-minded person, that gun is harmless. No, no, I... I, I That's why... I, yeah. This I, is hard for me to argue because I don't, I don't see the argument, I guess. I tend to agree with you. But when I was researching, I, I started thinking through... Because there's some, there's some evidence that... The unfortunately, it's not a perfect correlation, but when people want to commit suicide, the higher access to a firearm, the more likely that person will be dead. Okay. Okay. So there is some evidence that when you have a state that has, you know, zero time to purchase, right? So some states. Arizona. Yeah. So Arizona. Just to give you everybody an example, and and guys, this is, I think 
right now, at least half or majority of states, you you can go right now, if, if I wanted to, me, Jared, any any person that's over at the age of 18, they can go down to a gun store, a uh, sporting store, whatever. They can buy a firearm probably within an hour or two, right? At least. Yeah. It, it's going to take, you know, Whatever you're gonna you're gonna figure out which one you want, you know, f- gun. You're gonna go through your background check. You're gonna fill it out. It's gonna take, I would say, two hours, right? Let's just be honest. Just the whole process. Well, if you're gonna commit suicide, you're looking for kind of something to like fast. Like I'm clicking my fingers right now because it, you're looking for something to just like do the job. For say a quick solution. Yeah, guns are normally pretty Very quick. Quick permanent solution. Yeah, guns are pretty quick. So when you go down there, two hours is. Fairly quick compared to maybe going and finding to you know it's, it's morbid sounding, but like rope, the right rope that could do it properly, the right space to do it because you need to be a certain length. Like I couldn't hang myself in this room; it's not high enough, right? Things like that. So, so when they are doing research, they say, "Hey, um, people that have higher access to firearms are able to kill themselves more likely." Now, unfortunately, that does commit to a higher death rate. So you see that people have higher access to firearms also have higher death rates. But if you remove the suicides, it se- it tends to be the majority of the deaths. And I, I, I'm not saying that I want to remove suicides because I do think that is an issue. But from general public health, I don't think that's an issue. <clears throat> well, I'll go on record and say I would prefer... Don't go wrong. Idealistic, utopian type society. Of course, neither, but <laughs> metaphorical. Gun to my head, if I had to pick, I would pick suicide over homicide all day long. Oh, yeah. You, I know it's incredibly insensitive, I'm sure, to say, and people are going to be pissed. But guys, I would right. much rather you kill yourself than going a mass shooting rampage and killing innocent people. Any, any time non-military type people die in a conflict really bothers me. Civilian. Yes. Any civilian that dies really bothers me. In in, in some, some type of homicide type action. Natural causes, old age, et cetera, right? Great. And it's weird because, you know, you say non-military action, right? And I, I, I tend to agree and I'm going to put one caveat. Let's hear it. Gangs. So gang violence I'm not going to say they're military even ask. I get the analogy. But a lot, I don't know if it's a majority, but a lot of the homicides that occur are gang related in America. And I tend to put that in a different category than just gross domestic violence. Innocent civilians. Exactly. And and I'm going to laugh a little bit about this because I don't know if you heard about this, but even Chicago, Chicago's mayor, Chicago's government. There was an incident two years ago where two gangs, prevalent gangs, large gangs, you know, thousand plus guys were in these gangs. They had a shootout in the middle of a um, impoverished area. Three or four guys were killed, shot, killed, you know, went to the hospital, bled out, dead. And the mayor and the government and the and the uh, district attorney for that area, they all said they were in mutual combat. 
Have you heard about this? No. So instead of charging those people with homicide or assault or battery. Totally like. Mutual combat, which is protected under their state law. So is that almost like self-defense or? Mutual combat. Mutual combat. I'm just not familiar with that term. Mutual combat means that me and you right now, if we both decide in this room, hey, shake hands, we're going to go ahead and fight each other to the death. If one of us dies, it's called mutual combat. It's essentially a ode to old sparring and old uh, duels. It's still into our it's still under our law. And I don't I'm not trying to fight that. I, I, I don't mind that. But it just shows that when gangs be the acceptance almost. Bingo. Of gang violence. How many bullets? Let's let's just say a hundred bullets were were shot, right? That day. How many of them were just shot into the random area causing fear into the area? <clears throat> Is that not just a, so, a, a crazy scene if you thought about it? So, so agreed. Yes, you're right. And, and probably hundreds of like, honestly. And maybe this is insensitive. Whatever. I have a weird sense of humor. Have you ever heard the Chris Rock special on gun violence? No. So Chris Rock, guys, that's a, that's a fairly famous comedian here in America. He he makes my cheeks hurt. He makes my stomach hurt. Like, <laughs> just, I think Chris Rock is hilarious. What does he say? Do you know his solution to gun violence? Uh-uh. Make me laugh. Increase the price of bullets. Ooh. He said, make those make a bullet thousand dollars. Huh. He goes, everyone that's getting shot ten times. They either really fucked up <laughs> or they owed him a lot of money. That's $10,000 kill. You know, right now it's only a dollar or two per bullet. Shit. He said, make the bullet a thousand dollars. And Chris that's Rock. how you stop gun violence. Chris Rock coming in hard. And I was like, oh my God. But, but think about it. Like, so you just said a hundred, you know, in jest, right? You don't even know. It, it could be a hundred, could be a thousand. Damn. But right now, honestly, bullets, even people are bitching about how, how hard bullets and how expensive they are, but they're still only about a buck a bullet. It's funny. For a nine millimeter round. Quick little side here. Like, um, how, fu- how funny is that? It's hilarious. So we went down to the uh, Northwark Grum Rum. They have a manufacturing facility in Mesa. They build like military equipment, of course. You probably know that. Yep. Um, Heard of them. And uh, they were building the uh, 60 or maybe 40 millimeter cannons that are on the Apache helicopters. And a cannon, you know, is essentially, for everybody listening, is essentially like a a semi-automatic gun that fires very large projectiles. Very large, right? Literally, it's called a cannon for that reason. 40 millimeter, 60 millimeter. And uh, we were down there, and I asked one of the guys, I'm like, hey, man, how much do these things cost? He's like, oh. They range based on the round or the projectile. Some of them, you know, are, are you know, $8. You know, guys, these are big, so it's, it's much more expensive than what, you know, a civilian weaponry is, but $8 a round to 
$800 around that they charge the U.S. military. And I'm like, $800? I'm like, what's going on there? And he's like, oh, it's it's a uranium-infused bullet that can go through tank armor and things like that. You know, other, other very thick steel. And I'm like, they're both loaded on the... Uh, the Apache helicopters at the same time. He's like, oh yeah, he showed us the kind of the belts that feed in. And I'm like, what What makes the guy that's commanding the Apache just not shoot the one that's stronger? Because let's just be honest, like one's better than the other. Clearly. Right? They do the same thing to most things. Now one is more efficient for other things, if you could say. You're not always going against tanks. Yep. Infantry, tanks, whatever it is. Agreed. He's like, yeah, actually, it was a big problem. For a while, the guys that were running these Apache helicopters, they were just pulling the main trigger. And the main trigger was $8,000 per click. And they were holding it down. <laughs> Holy shit. And, and, they would, and, they, and they would just run it. And it would be like an $8 million tab per two-minute engagement. And real quick. So, so what is the price of a soldier's life? And real that's qu- the problem. Exactly. Whatever you whatever you're doing with life and death. Exactly. Give and me so, a price. And so real quick, you know, the army, whoever was running these Apache helicopters, were saying, "Whoa, whoa, you guys, Norman, you gotta run another another type of bullet in here that's way cheaper for infantry, right? Because infantry, if you're shooting at, you know, in this case is Iraq and Afghanistan, if you're shooting at, at, you know, infantry, you don't use those ones. Those are only for special occasions." Give us a second button. Give us a second button. Right? That's Give me the button that I normally press. Just make it cheaper. Exactly. That one's that one's only 800 bucks. Click it, click it, click it. 800 bucks, whatever. The it's other one here. you only use for special engagements. And he's walking me through this. I'm thinking, fuck. That, that to your point, Chris Rock, make things expensive. Things change real quick. Real they change. Even, even the military... And guys, I was on that tit for 10 years. Government, always full. It's great. Shout out taxpayers, honestly. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. He, he also reminds me that he paid for my undergrad. <laughs> Quite often, actually. Every, every, every tab he ever picked up in, uh, while he was at ASU and I was at USAFA, he, he, he and my buddy John, who I think is actually going to be on the podcast here in, uh, here in a few weeks, quickly guys it got so bad that i couldn't purchase a fucking car in college despite me being responsible with my money etc literally every time i cranked up that engine they (laughs) damn near (laughs) demanded me saying thank you (laughs) but anyways you know as, as cody was talking about with that story look chris rock Clearly satirical. Clearly, you know, it was only to elicit a laugh. But is there some type of argument here to where you, you as the consumer, you as, I'm not trying to take your way your God-given, your constitutional right. I'm not trying to say that. But what I am trying to say is, is there an, is there an opportunity to essentially make it to where you have to think a little bit more, think with that back right pocket, think with your wallet, about pulling the trigger, you know, because whenever that, whenever that round is a dollar, whenever it's 50 cents, whatever the case may be, whatever a nine millimeter, which is the most common round here. Yeah. 
whenever that nine millimeter round is fifty cents dollar, don't you care? Whenever it's eight dollars, eight hundred dollars, eight thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, you think twice. No, hundred uh, percent. I was kind of listening to you as I took a piss right there. Um, I love all the jokes about we did make. <laughs> oh, they were. Yeah. Is this, is this car owned by a? <laughs> no, no, like. I damn near, like, guys, I worked my ass off. I invested properly. You would have thought I would have had to put Cody as a co-owner of my deed. Like, you didn't? I didn't. No, no, I sold it. <laughs> How great. It probably made you a better person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, real quick, I'm going to go through some fast stats for you, and then we'll start getting to our opinions here. Um. So, real quick, um, want to run you through, uh, all of our listeners, and Jared looks like he's also taking a break real quick here. Um. Jared, I don't know if you uh, saw this, but there are three different types of uh, kind of like concealed carry. There are states that are permanentless carry. Uh, essentially, these are states that are like Arizona, where you can carry a firearm without any type of license, right? So you can go purchase a firearm and carry it around with you uh, without any type of additional registration, licensing, anything. You just carry your gun with you wherever you want. Um, this uh, this is about 25 states. Um, and, and to be quite, you know, upfront and honest, this is you know, what I did for the couple first couple of years when I owned a firearm. Um, there are shell issue states. Shall issue. There are 10 states that require a permit allow authorities uh, no discretion to deny a permit. So this is where you go to your local sheriff's office, uh, maybe city uh, city police, and you essentially say, hey, I, I now own a, a gun, and I would like to carry it concealed. Um, can you grant me a permit? You know, these, this is only 10 of them. There's seven additional that allow limited discretion, meaning that they have to do some basic testing. This is really just like a, a sheriff, you know, or a, a deputy saying, hey, Jared, you know, you, you seem competent, but go ahead and, and, and take this written test. Can you answer a few questions? Yes or no. And then they have the uh, May issue. This is eight states and also including the District of Columbia. Um, they pretty much tell their sheriff, their city police, what they call wide authority or wide discretion to deny a permit. Very subjective. Yeah, they pretty much say, hey, you come in here, you got a shaved head. I don't like that. You come in, you're wearing a shirt that says, you know, uh, Second Amendment may not be infringed. No. like it, It's one of those things where... It introduces... A lot of subjective. Very unfair practices. Yeah. So, again, we have... Uh, the cool thing about America... Potential racism, honestly. 100%. And this is... this is It's funny because my, num, my, my two issues that I have with concealed carry is I think it 100%, and this is a little bit into my opinion here, it subjectively affects the bottom portion of America. The people that, I'm not going to say the bottom portion, but just the people that are 
irrationally affected by homicide, assault, rape, um, just things that should not happen. So what happens is you you see time and time again where somebody that is affected by domestic abuse. Unfortunately, this is, I'm not going to say 100%, but let's just say 98% of the time, 99% of the time, it's a female. A female, yeah, a female is subjected to domestic abuse, which is 100% of the percent of the time wrong. Yes, irrefutable. They now have somebody that they're concerned of, afraid of, um, maybe even have a uh, restraining order against. If I was that person, if I was that female, what would be the first thing? I'll be trying to figure out any way to protect myself. Mace. Fastest way to do that? Probably a firearm of some sort. And in some states, you may run into shell issue. Mel may issue. And you run into this issue with... How do you feel as a father? Oh, my God. That your daughter, who has been raped or, you know, um, had violence over from a man... That's the violence. I'd be like moving, and like she me. was denied yeah. a firearm because she wants to be independent. Yeah, she's a strong woman. You raised her right, but she was wronged, no fault of her own, which is often the case, unfortunately. And she was denied a firearm for her protection. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I'm like, I look at the law, and I'm like, I get it. I don't want people that want to do wrong with it. But unfortunately, as you tighten the rules around concealed carry, you also make people that are vulnerable more vulnerable. Like, it's like, what are we doing here? Those people you should be equipping to increase confidence. They just came out of a situation, to your point, getting beat up or whatever and like hey i'm trying to leave the situation and now i have this stalker that wants to knock on my door no you're not allowed in my house the reason you're not allowed in my house is that i will shoot you get away move bye and then that person pressure pressures their way into your into your house and does all the things that you want them not to i i just think about that and i'm like it, it, there's no way to solve for that problem. I, I want to solve for that problem. That that sounds horrific to me. How many how many women do you think in America probably deal with that? You think it's probably like let's say five percent of probably marriages, maybe three percent of marriages. More, more than should more. be accepted. R- exactly. Thank you. A, I, I any number more than one. Yes. Should be more than accepted, and that's. And this is the rare occasion, guys where I'm going to be okay with making rules for the exception rather than the majority. Anytime that the little guy, and I use guy in, in jest here, you know, generalization. Yeah. Anytime that the little person. It doesn't sound right when you say little person versus little guy. I'm talking about the minority. Yeah, I gotcha. Right. Anytime that the minority is wronged by a certain few, and is belittled, is overpowered, whatever the case may be, that's not what America stands for. And, you know, damn it, I know we're talking about the minority of concealed carry, 
But if I'm able, if we're able with our opinions and our following to maybe convince one more person, one more lawmaker, one more voter, whatever the case may be, like, you know what, damn it? I do know an aunt, Betty, Becky, Brianna, whatever the case may be, whatever it is. If I do know one more that I can maybe vote in order to make it that much easier to get her independence back, to get her security back, to get her peace of mind back, to get her, hey, I can go to the gym by myself. I can go to the grocery store by myself. Because unfortunately, guys, Cody alluded to her earlier, we in a very, him and I, and, and Chandler and Gilbert respectively, in Arizona, we're in a very privileged situation to where our wives can go to the store, can go to work, and it would be out of the norm for them to be harmed anyway. But let's say we're in Chicago. Let's say we're in LA, New York, San Francisco, Austin, Dallas, whatever the case may be, Georgia, Atlanta, I'm sorry. Some of these unfortunate higher crime areas, would you not want to give Anna, and I know I'd want to give Brittany, every chance to feel confident, every bit more confident, every bit more safe, every bit more secure in her everyday activities, you bet your ass. If it's a gun, if it's a lock on the door, whatever the fuck it is, I'm going to give Brittany. I know you would give Anna. Right? No, 100%. I was watching this video about these uh, anti-concealed carry and pro-concealed carry. And it was interesting. Um, I I don't know if this was done on purpose. I, I don't know. But... The pro-concealed carry people, it was two women and a black guy, right? Two two women. Uh, it was a, a white woman, a black woman, and a black male. And on the anti-guns, it was one woman, white woman, and two white males. And just based on how they talked... It just seemed like they grew up in different circumstances. And and the person that was the most outspoken, I, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say pretty close. The, the, the black male said, guys, you, you don't understand what I grew up with. Never would I use my firearm, ever. But I grew up in a circumstance where I knew what bullets sounded like hitting my house because it happened every month. I grew up in a neighborhood where I would hear that noise and my mom would say, don't worry, just stay in your bed. And there are neighborhoods across America where I get it, gun violence is a problem. And it sounds almost counterintuitive to say, oh, let's add more guns to the equation. But the last thing I want is somebody like that or in this equation where they were arguing for their rights is say, I just want to have a gun so that if somebody barged into my house and wanted to take what I had or to take my child or to rape my woman or whatever, whatever they were thinking at that point in time to say no, to say no. And that guy was talking about, the, then, then the woman, one, one of the women in there, she she would said, it's the only thing that makes me feel like I can be myself. I go to work, 
I lock my gun in my car. She has this whole little routine she went through. All because she's had encounters with males that have been super, you know, aggressive towards her. I'm watching this video on YouTube and I'm thinking, I don't know how do you get rid of that. Those are all people that are doing bad things. They're all doing illegal things. Mm. Every one of those people that are, are affecting me as a, a law-abiding citizen are doing illegal things. I can't, I can't fix illegal things. There's no way to fix that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know a way to do that. So what I was thinking is, oh, well, why would I remove the ability for somebody to legally equip themselves to fix that issue? That's where I was kind of, that's where I'm resting right now in my opinion is, is should I be able, should I remove any ability to fix law-abiding citizens from fixing an issue? So, so <clears throat> I think you're almost completing my point earlier that I made. I was like, is concealed carry the issue or are competent, responsible, respectable, law-abiding citizens carrying guns the issue? You're kind of same thing, right? Concealed carry that is law-abiding? Yes, in my ideal world. But there are 25 states that don't necessarily see it that way, right? Okay. So what I'm saying is, I don't know, this is one of the rare causes, I'm sorry, one of the rare podcasts, so we're not actually addressing the root cause here, in that, you are a perfectly sound, responsible, tax-paying, law-abiding American. You can concealed carry because you've never actually committed a suicide, a homicide, any type of domestic violence, right? You are a great citizen for all intents and purposes on your report card, right? The suicide's self-evident, right? Kind of, <laughs> by you living. <laughs> okay. But the issue is, is with these, I think the technical term is nut jobs. These people that go into malls, go into schools, go into churches, go into these situations where they just open up fire. And that's where the gun laws get protested, challenged, yeah. et cetera. Right? 100%. So again, this is one of the rare podcasts where you and I really can't get to the root cause because we're talking about concealed carry. And again, if a law-abiding, relatively culturally normal, good person, whether that gives them power, whether that gives them confidence, whether that gives them peace of mind, I don't give a shit. If you're a good person, you're going to use it effectively because a gun, yeah. a gun, you can let a gun right there. And I think uh, Mr. Sir Isaac Newton said that a, a, a force will not go until act upon another force. So unless I, I think it's paraphrasing drunkenly, shout out eight beers and fucking, you know, two hours. Unless an unsane or unstable or unwell person pulls that trigger, it'll stay at rest until act upon a different force. No, 100%. And that's where this is really strange from a podcast standpoint. Because we're not addressing the root cause. We're, we're addressing a, a byproduct, a subsidiary almost, of the root cause. And the root cause is 
Sanity. Sanity. Gun laws. Who should be able to possess a firearm? Because if you are mentally stable enough to possess a firearm, I don't give a fuck how you store it. So in your waistband or your safe, I don't care. So real quick, if 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 I go buy a firearm, are you saying I'm mentally stable to buy a firearm? To own one and hold it. So we we gonna discuss in a different episode, or maybe in our personal discussion. Yeah, I think we have to do that one first. Oh shit! Was it just personal discussion? Yeah, I think so. I don't think we've done. It. We, I don't know. We've maybe. done so many, man. I don't know. You made allusion earlier on in this episode recorded to where Arizona, right now, I could go to XYZ gun store and I could probably buy a firearm in probably about 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, you have to pass a background check by the FBI. Uh, probably the quickest background check in the world. It's still a background check. Like, I'm, <laughs> I am not currently a criminal or a... And that's something I want to correct. Like, I always feel like people think they can go buy a gun... Like, it's a can of tomato soup. Mm. You can't. Mm. You can't do it. You mm. think you can? You think it's harder or easier to buy? Is If I won right now, and I had $10 in my hand. Yep. I'm going to go buy a can of tomato soup. Okay. At Fry's. Okay. I had, you know. Let's just say a gun is $10. They're much more than that. I'm going to go down to a Bass Pro Shop or whatever it is. I'm going to go buy a gun. Could I do it in the same amount of time when I walked in the front door? Depending on the weight of the grocery store, yes. (laughs) So I can do that in probably five to ten minutes at at a fries. Okay. And honestly, I would bet 30 minutes at XYZ Shooting Range in Queen Creek. Okay, so did they do anything, though? Did they ask you for any information? Did they ask for an ID? Because They asked for an... Okay, so let's not do a can of tomato soup. Let's talk about a beer. Okay. They ask you for a beer? Yep. ID? Scan it? Yep, scan. And at a gun store, they take your ID and they essentially scan it. Yeah, your driver's license? Yeah. Okay. So they scan it, and then they go do a background check on you. Against the FBI. Dude, that honestly, makes- it's been about a year since I bought a firearm, and I bet it wasn't an hour by the time I walked in, not knowing what the hell I wanted, till the two firearms, one for me, one for my wife, was purchased and out the door. Damn, maybe this is a better experience than I have. Maybe I, I have. Yeah. Maybe it was just that perfect storm to where there was no one else in. But, dude, it was probably an hour. So I've probably purchased... 20 different firearms. Okay. And maybe I'm just picky. Perhaps I'm just... takes a, Maybe I'm just kind of question ear. I was literally looking for nightstand firearms. Yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted a 9mm, one to fit her hand, one to fit my hand. Yeah. We're competent in it. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Boom. Purchase. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe it can take up to an hour or, or 30 minutes like you said. I just know that when I fill out that, because you had to type in your whole name and birthday. No, they literally said, does your shit match on your driver's license? Yep. Click yes. But then they'd be like 20 questions or 10 questions. Sure. You don't remember that? Yeah. Are you a convicted felon? Yes. Nope. Those questions. Are you a convicted felon? Are you a current U.S. citizen? Yep. 
all those, there's like nine or 10 questions. Sure. Okay. So you answer all those. Yep. And then it goes to the FBI, FBI database. And then they essentially say, hey, is this person with this social security card in any database? And clearly you and Brittany are not. Right? And they say, yep, these guys are good. Do you think it should be more rigorous than that? Like, I, I don't know what else, like, how else could you define, like, how else do you know? Like, I don't know what else they should be looking at. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. I don't, I'm not necessarily for the rigorous or, or more. rigorous, I guess, but. I'm talking about the psychoanalyst, the psychoanalysis of, you know, someone's mental state because that's such a fluid situation. You know what? You know what? You've known me for 20 years. You've seen me pissed. Pissed. Hell, you and I have been pissed at each other. Oh, yeah. We should do an episode on because there's actually laws out there that say you need to go talk to a psychiatrist before you buy a gun. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. In New Jersey. They passed a law stating that in certain types of gun purchases, you need to speak to somebody. Like, that is a, um, I don't know why I want to say the mentalist, but they're like a psychologist, I think, right? And that just puts it up to, and it's got, it's gotten, um, I don't know the right word there, but it's, uh, it's gotten, pressure to get removed because it's like okay well can't the doctor just say no every time now you're putting what is believed to be a constitutional right in a doctor's hands and they can say no every time and that's that's funny your point like i'm gonna say no to you you walk into my house into my room or into my office and i say Sorry, man. Two twenty-five. Ball. Oh shit! You shave your head. Six two. Nope. You're not allowed to buy a gun. Like it's that easy for a doctor if they have that much right privilege. Okay. Then, then that's a different issue. We don't trust our doctors. Then Deep. again, we're not we're not going to a root cause. And I know we've touched on pediatrics. We touched on prescriptions. We touched on a lot of shit. But do you see what I'm saying? Whenever you Whatever the foundation, whenever the crack in your logic is you don't trust the, the professionals, the licensing that we've invoked yeah. or that we've promoted in our society. And I think that's coming up, actually. Yeah. I think I have that on our list. Like license. I think it's like coming up. Yeah, I moved it. But do but you see? The, the, it's no different than, you know, all these people that believe that, oh, Certain people won the election. You know how dangerous that is as a society? Whenever you lose faith in the democracy, whenever you lose faith in the licensure, do, do you understand that we're not attacking the root cause? That's, I guess, my entire argument. Is I understand concealed carry is, is a touchy subject, but I can concealed carry a beer. You can't see it. Honestly, how many college students have done that? Endless. Everyone. But am I drinking a beer? I don't know. Exactly. You, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm clearly downplaying it. But whenever you're not 
you're not talking about alcohol consumption, about what that does to your state of mind, what that does to your profession, et cetera. You're talking about concealed carry of a beer. A beer by itself is not dangerous. Consumed excessively is dangerous. A gun by itself is not dangerous. Excuse me, owned and operated by an unstable individual is dangerous. That, that's, I guess, where my rub is. Am, am I communicating that effectively or no? No, you are. Um, and to round this thing out, guys, um, as we finish up, I want to give uh, some ado here for Jared specifically because, honestly, Texas has made a lot of different changes. Like, everybody thinks Texas is like a Shout gun. out Cowboys tonight. <laughs> everybody thinks Let's that, see how this ages. Yeah. Everybody thinks Texas is like gun-toting state. And they actually have had more strict gun laws than some other states. Like, a lot of people don't realize. Even Jared's looking at me like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, Arizona has been more loose. Wyoming has been more loose. Oh, I thought Texas loved our guys. I thought, like, literally upon it being a boy, like, you you get your first 9 million in the hospital. No, no, no. Texas has literally had to reverse our laws because they had enacted so many guns, specifically around concealed carry, right? They, they've been, uh, not, I'm not going to say extremely strict. They've been specifically strict around guns in certain ways that some states have been loosely strict around. Arizona, for one. We live in Arizona, right? You would never think Arizona, oh, wow, they're gun-toting people more so than Arizona or more so than Texas, I should say. Wyoming, more so than Texas. So just to give you an example, right? Because I feel like Texas is looked at as like an extreme state, right? In in gun rules. I would say that they are a moderate state, right? They they are, you know, if you were going to go one or zero to 10, they're probably like between four and six. They're more of a moderate state with gun laws. So here's just some rules to kind of throw it out there. So when they changed some of their concealed carry laws, so they actually had some very strict concealed carry laws. They allowed for open carry, which means that a a gun can be visually seen on somebody's hip. They opened it up in the last 10 years, very recent, for concealed carry. So they said, hey, in Texas... Murder rates fell 50% faster than the national average after concealed carry law was passed. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty quick. Like, hey, we get it. We have, uh, let's say, 100 or 1,000, 1 in 1,000 people were murdered in Texas. So they had a, what is that, 0.1% sure. murder rate. We pass. Uh, a concealed carry law. Now women, minorities, everybody can now carry guns. Now the people that are committing these crimes say, woo, half the time, they're scared. That's significant. Here's the one that gets me. Rape rates in Texas fell 93% in the first year. No shit. And 500% in the second year. So you look at a state like Texas. I'm not saying this is, 
you know, congruent throughout the entire United States. And hmm. it just feels like there might be some significant results from having uh, concealed carry. The last thing that Texas noticed is once they had concealed carry laws on the books, there was a reduction in assaults, just general assaults, people attacking each other by 250%. 250%. So people walked into the bars, and the first thing they were thinking, instead of attacking somebody or instead of, you know, drinking and then, you know, fighting somebody, oh, could this guy be concealed carrying? Could this girl be concealed carrying before I decide to rape her? And and now there's this if situation occurring. I hate to say that I like that idea because it's horrible that it has to exist. But I like the idea. But you're not living... It's not, it's not utopian. We're not <laughs> utopian. We're not in a perfect world. We're not here to say <clears throat> rape doesn't occur. Assault doesn't occur. Bingo. It does. It does. Look. There are evil. If, if I get to eradicate anything in the world, it'd be rape. Bingo. But unfortunately. It exists. I can't. It does exist. So, damn it. I'm going to support, enact the right thought processes you know, invoke the right emotions and people in order to vote appropriately in order to eradicate that. This is my goal. 100%. Okay, guys, as we close this thing out, my top hits on this on this episode is, I think, you know, Jared already mentioned earlier, I think I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a 100% proponent of concealed carry, but I'm a proponent of, if you, if you go get your license, you know, there's a lot of states that don't even require licensing. I still say go get your license. Go do it. It's a good exercise. It also allows you... Firearm safety, firearm proficiency. Bingo. It just is a good exercise. There's no reason not to do it. I'm not saying it's required. It's a good exercise to do. I don't see an issue... With allowing people to conceal carry firearms. I, I I think people that are going to commit crimes do not care about the laws. That's why they're committing a crime. Right? And so that's where I kind of like, okay, well, if somebody's going to conceal carry, let them do it. If somebody's going to commit a crime, holy shit, how do we prevent the crime? I don't think concealed carry laws or gun laws are really preventing somebody from committing a crime. Like, I don't think many people are thinking, oh, let me get my concealed carry. Let me buy a firearm legally when I want to commit a crime. Maybe fringe debates, but I, I don't think it's a prevention. What do you think, Sir Jared? I agree with you 100%. I think... <clears throat> I think we may be giving too many uh, criminals too much credit for, I guess, their thought process. Because I do think a lot of people are almost the heat of passion. So they don't really necessarily think of it. But I like giving the opportunity to rise above, the opportunity to write, the opportunity to protect should be in the eyes of the victim. So honestly, that's kind of where my 
heads at as far as power. And I want to see the right people carrying the right protection. No, I agree. Okay. Okay, guys. Six-pack discussions here. Cody Jared. Um, what were we drinking today, buddy? We got uh, Lotus Hop Super Juice IPA. I appreciate everybody listening today. Have a great rest of your day. It is MLK Day. So, uh, it's probably going to be about, what, five yeah. weeks, six weeks out? Sure. Until you listen to this. But really appreciate you guys letting you concealed carry today. Um, I think this is something that is not in the news too much, but is significant to your individual state rights. So, you guys all have a great day. Really appreciate it. Love you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.